In today's episode of Bill and Frank's Guilty Pleasures, Frank finally picks a song that pushes Bill to his limit, and he desperately tries to find something he likes about this stinking song. I convince Bill that this is a great song, and Breakfast at Tiffany's goes in the Hall of Fame of Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. And that doesn't happen. But you're listening to our take on Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. Today I'm very excited, and Bill's very excited. I'm really excited because I am going to finally prove to Bill that Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something is one of the most important songs of the 90s. And Bill's excited because he's going to learn something and admit that he was wrong. Well, thanks for speaking for me, because I was going to ask you, what am I excited about? I'm glad you were able to tell me because I had no idea what I could possibly be excited about coming into this. This is a new type of episode for me. We're kind of used to you bringing your grouchy pants to certain (laughs) episodes, but I always come in doing my Pollyanna. I look for the best in things, and this is going to push me to the limit. Well, just one more time. (laughs) I was going to say that. That's good. good. So for listeners of the podcast... Deep Blue Something's Breakfast at Tiffany's is a much maligned song by one Mr. Bill Hauser. That's right. And it's come up a couple times. Oh, it's come Uh, up so many times. Yeah. And I've been dreading this, but then I realized we we had to meet this song head on. Absolutely. And this is something that as we grow as a podcast, as we mature as people... I'm really glad to see that you're maturing enough to embrace this song and embrace the opportunity to show the world that you've been wrong for so, so, so very long. I can't wait to see where we go with this. Yeah. Maybe I turn you. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Okay. This song brings me so much joy. Unreal. Well, I hope there's listeners out there who are super happy about this. And to those who are like groaning at seeing this song, welcome to my life here. So, a little bit of trivia, things I didn't know about Frank Pearson was that he bought this album in the 90s. Yes, absolutely. 95 when the album Home came out by Deep Blue Something, based on the strength of this single. And it was all over the place in the mid-90s. Oh my gosh, it was everywhere. Also, I didn't know that you had bought it. Was that because you didn't want to tell anybody? No, I'm pretty sure I told you, and I'm pretty sure you groaned back then. Yeah, well, when you work in retail, and people understand this out there in podcast world, there's certain songs you're going to hear all the time. And if you work in like a morning shift, you're going to hear this song. Yeah, absolutely. single morning. All right, let's do this. Bill's already about four drinks deep just to deal with all of this. So this is uh, this is exciting. I'm hoping he lets his guard down a little bit here. Deep Blue Something is an American rock band 
from Texas, yeah, which is in America, which I learned. It is. It yeah. is. It's southern uh, United States, and all members are from Texas. Yeah. So the two basic founding members are Toby and Todd Pipes, which you would think would be characters on a children's show about like plumbers or something like that. So Toby and Todd, they, well, they're brothers, and they take turns with the leading vocals with the band. Then they employed John Kirtland as their drummer and Clay Burgess as their other guitarist. Right, and they had another guy in during the major label years kind of there's because burgess left and then in came in came uh kirk tat tatum yeah i was thinking tatum tatum yeah so uh and then kirk tatum we're gonna call him tatum yeah he 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 leaves the band 95 and and clay burgess clay burgess yeah he comes back in yes and then when they reboot the band in 2014 all of them are all in. five of them are in. Yes. it's like the east street band yeah but not like the east street band yeah better than the east street band. okay oh we got some work to do here <laughs> okay so we have the pipes and they are brothers who seem to have gotten along pretty well their whole lives. Yeah. Unlike you and your brother. Yeah, we've had some difficult times. <laughs> so mean. I, I just, I'm coming into this. Well, this is the this four beers they heard. Yeah, 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 it's, exactly. it's, the, it's the beer talk. I'm, I'm sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. They were always making bands together when they were four years old. Apparently, they made their first band. Yeah. I, I learned this. But they were kind of like an ele- electronic duo, more like Depeche Mode style. Yeah. And then as the 90s were coming in, they kind of shifted things and did... The alt-rock sort yeah. of college pop-rock sort of stuff. What I love about this episode is I've done as much research as I usually do, which is basically a, a quick a gloss over of the Wikipedia page and song facts. And Bill has done deep dives into this band that he cannot stand. I've listened to four albums. <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> So I've gone deep. Oh, that's I've so listened fantastic. to hours of interviews with one of the Pipes brothers, whichever one sings this, or I don't know which yeah, one. Todd with. Pipes. The guy Todd there. Pipes. Yeah. So I've, I've, I'm conflicted. I got things I got to talk about. Yeah. The original name of the band was called Leper Messiah, based on a line from uh, David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. And it got confused with Metallica, apparently, because Metallica had something about a leper messiah. Is it leopard messiah or leper messiah? Leper. As in the disease, not the large cat. Yeah, that's weird. Because Jesus healed leprosy. Frank, I don't know why you're supporting a band that makes fun of uh, and it's our, not our church. It's not making fun of. <laughs> this is a deep blue mess right yeah. now. <laughs> so Leper Messiah is, a, is the band. Burgess leaves. That's when Tatum comes in. And that's when they released their first album called 11th Song. Right. And I think the, the name Deep Blue Something might have come from the drummer who said, let's come up with something like deep blue something but what he meant was deep blue something like you need to say something in there and then they the pipes the pipes is the pipes is the pipes is (laughs) is pipes their last name like plural pipes okay right the pipes is like deep blue something i kind of like it too let's get on track here you're talking about their first album here 11th song 11 songs 11 11th song oh freak and of course the 11th song being the 90s is the hidden track yeah. That oh, yeah, doesn't yeah. have a name. 
if you bought the Urge Overkill album, Saturation. Saturation, Saturation yeah. that's it. They have a hidden track, but you got to listen for 20 minutes yes. to the last song to get there. And so yeah. this was the 90s thing where it's like, hey, cool, let's play tricks with CDs and only the people who really get it can find this song. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's the ele- 11th song. 11th song, yeah. And that's where Breakfast at Tiffany's is on. Yes. Early version of Early it. version, yeah. Interestingly, uh, you, you listen to it much? The song? Yeah, the, the the one on this one. No, no, no. I've only listened to the radio version. Really? Have you? Radio I have it. Do you want to hear, hear, hear it? Let's hear okay, it. Let's hear it. Okay. You really <laughs> came in ready to fight for this song, huh? And I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany? She said, I think I remember the film. And as I recall, I think we both kind of liked it. And I said, Okay, that's, uh, I mean, it's obviously an indie recording. It's yep. The mix is, it's a little more raw, less polished than the version that's on home. It's missing this sort of like crunchy guitar, like... Yeah, and the, the I don't even know what to call Make it. Make that sound, Frank, come on. We're, we're, so, we're so inept when it comes to musical terms, but in the chorus, there's that... Like almost like banjo guitar, if you yeah. want to call it something. I think I might like the demo better. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they I made... was going to say, which version do you like better, the demo or the single release? Hey, why don't you ask me about which painful way I want to die? Which disease <laughs> would you rather to die of? Well, okay. I can really see you starting to come around to this yeah, song, Bill. You get where we're going with this, huh? <laughs> so it costs $3,000 to make, I think, the um, 11th song thing. Mm-hmm. They got lent money by a club owner who's friends of theirs and a big fan of the band and also turned turned out to be a big thorn in the side of the band later when they were fighting lawsuits over this yes. song. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so the crowds liked Breakfast at Tiffany's. We're going to get to this song anyways, because this this song started getting play yeah. at different radio stations. Yeah, like or, college radio stations right. and whatnot. Yep. And then this ended up becoming a bidding war between a bunch of different uh, labels for Deep Blue Something. Yeah, and they eventually signed with Interscope. And later Limp Bizkit. And yeah. they end up being kind of pushed to the side for Olympistic. Okay. Is that true? That's yeah. And that's one of my big points why this is one of the most underappreciated songs in the 90s. So while this lawsuit was going on, and we're, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah. So there was a lawsuit about Breakfast at Tiffany's and the publishing rights and all that other sort of stuff based on 11th Song album. So while all this is going on, the band's really not recording or doing anything because they're fighting this lawsuit. They eventually win. And they start recording a new album, but Interscope, in their wisdom, decides not to put resources and effort into a new Deep Blue Something album. They decide to push bands like Limp Bizkit. So... Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. If Interscope realized what they were doing and subjecting the world to bands like Limp Bizkit... I think they would have pushed harder for Deep Blue Something and more songs like Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's why this song is so important. This song, basically the last line of defense before we got Limp Bizkit. Before we got all that terrible, terrible jock rock of the late 90s. This song is important. I didn't know I was coming into grade nine debating class here. But that was that was really <laughs> That's impressive. At least grade ten level debate. <laughs> yeah. So here's what I'll give Deep Blue something. I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna give Breakfast at Tiffany's. 
I'm separating the band from the song. The best case scenario for Breakfast at Tiffany's is that it gets compared to anything by Limp Biscuit because suddenly Breakfast at Tiffany's matters and is important. Okay. But that would be the same as saying you could give me like the worst ice cream, which is either Tiger or Bubblegum to me, and saying, hey, have this. Like, well, that's terrible. Well, here, have, have some manure. Well, you know what? That Tiger ice cream tastes pretty good. Exactly. So what, what would you rather have, breakfast at Tiffany's or... A pile of manure in my mouth. That's basically what Limp Biscuit is. That's right. It's a pile of manure in your ears. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I'm going to put that as one, uh, one tick up on the board for a point for me. Yeah, it's a point. So I'm saying I don't hate breakfast at Tiffany's as much as I hate other things. There you go. Like Limp Bizkit. That's all I'm asking for. Or Hitler. <laughs> oh, come on. So I think we've exhausted the band history as much as you're willing to exhaust the band history. I'm going to come back to band history later, okay. too. But let's talk about this song. Yes. The song was written by Todd Pipes. He's the one that takes lead on the vocals for the song as well. He wrote the song after watching Roman Holiday. Yeah. So another Audrey Hepburn movie. And the whole idea of the song is basically it's a couple that's breaking up and he's grasping at straws trying to find something that they have in common. And Roman Holiday just didn't, it doesn't really work with the flow of the song. So he's like, well, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's, that's another Audrey Hepburn movie. So there's that common thread between the origin of the, the song and the different movies that he could reference, I guess, right? It's so funny because he's like, yeah, I was actually thinking of Roman Holiday. It's like, well, if you listen to the song, it wouldn't matter what movie you brought up because I, I get it. Breakfast at Tiffany's is unique. Yeah. It's also unique for Mickey Rooney's totally <laughs> offensive performance. Oh. But I'm glad he's a, a bigger Cary Grant fan than George Pappard. Yeah. I think I got this right, even though I really do love Hannibal from the A-Team, yeah. not the other movie. Yeah. But I believe it's Cary Grant and Roman Holiday. And I, I hear it's really fun as a movie. I th- I might have watched it. Yeah. Speaking of Mickey Rooney and his roles, and this has nothing to do with the song, but Mickey Rooney is a Caucasian actor who played an Asian American, basically stereotype in the movie. And it's just absolutely terrible. It might be one of the worst things Ever. And obviously the over-the-top caricaturization of an Asian American character in this movie is has been rightfully maligned because oh, it's, just, it's just so terrible and offensive. Mickey Rooney uh, in 2008 had this to say about his portrayal. It breaks my heart. Blake Edwards wanted me to do it because he was a comedy director. They hired me to do this over the board and we had fun doing it. Never in all of my 40 years after we made it, not one complaint. Every place I've gone in the world, people say, God, you are so funny. Asians and Chinese come up to me and say, Mickey, you are out of this world. Oh, Mickey. Listen, I got a soft spot for Mickey Rooney. Came upon a midnight clear. One of the great 1980s TV Christmas movies. We'll talk about that in a Christmas episode. But no, Mickey, you're not so fine. You're not so fine. You didn't blow our minds. Hey, Mickey. Also, Dragon the Bruce Lee story has a great scene where he's watching Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, where am I going here? Okay, let's go back to this song. So let's go back to the song. I don't want to... How do I even say that? I don't want to go back to the song. I'm going to put this out there. Okay. They are a likable group of people. The lead singer is super likable. He's relatable. And I could be friends with this guy. I went through their albums. I did not like Home. I know you like it. I listened to it today. I did not. 
And it sounds to me like the sort of like friends bands you have in the 90s who play at the bar and you hear the sort of guitar rock songs. And I was just like, oh, this is not inspired to me. However, they released an album called Locust House. Yeah. And it is so good. Yeah. And it was in 2015. It's the EP. And it's like they got better being off. And it was like, I would go see this band for these songs. I'd go see them for breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, I know you would. Also, I listened to Byzantium, the album that got shelved. Byzantium. Byzantium. Did I say Byzantium? Yeah, it's pronounced either way. Oh, well, however you pronounce Byzantium. I listened to Byzantium. I'm saying right? Uh, Sure. All right. I don't know. It was really interesting. Mm -hmm. It sounded good. And now going back to Breakfast at Tiffany's just sounds so... So I'm going to say this. It's a song that if people like it, to quote the song, they kind of like it. <laughs> no one likes this song. They I like this song. No, you kind of like it. I like this song. You absolutely you, never okay. brought it up until you knew I didn't like it. And I, well, there's that. We both kind of didn't like it. I kind of liked it. And that wasn't one it. thing we got. No, I kind, I didn't kind of like it. I liked it, liked it. Maybe. But I'm, I put it out to listeners. So listeners out there, please reach out to us. I want to know if someone actually really, really likes it. Because I think if you like it, you only kind of like it. And if you don't kind of like it, you totally hate it. And I feel I totally hate it. However, I don't hate the band. And this is where I'm conflicted because there's a whole bunch of things about the band that I kind of like, right? <laughs> and this is really going to be a struggle today, going through this freaking song that I don't like by a band who I would like. And so I feel like I'm being mean, like I'm marking a kid's essay that's not very good, but the kid's good. And I know he can give me better material. And this poor kid is going to have this essay released to the entire world, and everyone's going to talk about it. I'm going to say, but no, no, you should have seen his next essay. It was way better. And the reason why everyone's going to be talking about that essay is because it is so, so good. And your opinion of what, what's good and what's bad, Bill, we've been friends for so very, very long. You are not the tastemaker when it comes to music. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And you also said we've been friends, as in this is this is where it <laughs> this ends might tonight. Be the end of everything, end of the podcast, end of the oh, friendship. Man. Let's see if you can prove to our listeners, because I don't think it's happening. I don't think today. I need to prove to the listeners. I think they all really like it. No, absolutely not. I do want to go back through our history of when I put on "Endless Summer Nights" by Richard Marks. You weren't a fan, but you were by the end. When we did "Simply Having Wonderful Christmas Time," you didn't admit it, but I know by the end we both kind of liked it. No, we did not yeah. both kind of like it. And then when we did, you maybe um, kind of liked it. I still hate it. I think I really like it. And then we did "We Built the City," which you didn't like. Was Kitsch there for that yeah, one? Start yeah, start to finish. Did not like that one. But you probably kind of like that song and I because I did such a good job of proving it to you. No, you but, didn't. Uh, yeah. No, it's okay. Don't, don't, don't lie online. Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> good luck, Frank. That's what I want to say to you. Good luck. Because you're going to have to try to prove this song to me. And it didn't get better on repeated listens. I don't think I have to prove anything. I think the song has already proven itself. You're ashamed to admit that you kind of like it. Well, you know what? That comment you made earlier, I'm going to ignore this kind of liked it. But yeah, the song proved itself. Yeah, it did. Exactly. It's an amazing song. Bill said it there first. This has been Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures episode on Breakfast at Tiffany's. He loves the song. I'm right. We're out of here.
Okay, now that we're back, <laughs> we kind of fooled you by playing the theme music there. We're actually going to work through the song, and then Frank's going to try super hard to hold his ground. I don't have to try. The song tries for me. That's not winning it over. Here we go. So the song went to number five in the United States. Do you want to know what was number one at the time? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, number one. One Sweet Day, Mariah Carey, Boys oh, Men. Yeah, there's no... Oh, yeah. Well, there's... that was number one from 1995 to 1998. Yeah, I think. it's true. <laughs> she was up there forever. It's like, oh, listen, I, I like the song, but please go away. And number two is Shoop Shoop, Whitney Houston, Exhale. Oh, okay, yeah. Hate that song. Really? I hate it. Hey, Lover, LL Cool J, number three. I don't, oh, okay. know, I don't know that yeah, one, yeah. do you? Oh, that's good, yeah. Here's one for you. Missing everything but, but the girl. But the girl, yeah. And then breakfast activities. The breakfast activities. But it went to number one in Scotland and in the UK. UK. Why? What? I don't understand it. Aren't you Scottish, Bill? Aren't you part Scottish? I'm part Scottish. I'm definitely not full Scottish, especially hearing that they went with Deep Blue something. I think the part of you that's Scottish loves this song. Nice try. <laughs> You're not my therapist. <laughs> you know, but you did look at me and went like, do you know something about me that I don't know? There are parts of the song that I like. This is the thing with this song. Okay, okay, okay. There's so- part of the songs yeah. you like. Yeah, okay, oh, perfect. No, see, Just, let's build on that. Let's talk more about the parts yeah, of the yeah. song that you like. Unlike you, I can recognize things that I like in a song and still kind of hold my ground. Oh, no, I throw a ba- baby <laughs> yeah. with the bathwater every single time. no. There is a baby. I'm trying my best, and the bathwater keeps flooding in. I'm like, come on, baby, get out of there. Don't put baby in that corner with all that bathwater. We can do this. Uh, UK, well, big miss. This is a country that gave you the Beatles, right? England gives you the Beatles. Yeah. And then they prop up. Deep Blue something. Yeah. Or DBS, as the hardcore fans like to call them. I got to take a pause there. That's ridiculous. No one says that. That's the stupidest <laughs> thing that. I've ever heard. I say that. Okay. All right. We got to jump into this stupid <laughs> yeah. song. Okay, here we go. Nine second intro. Perfect for the Spotify world. By second 10, they're already jumping into that first verse. And it starts off with basically acoustic guitar and bass. So that's Can't the believe pipe. a 90s song would do this. That's the Pipes Brothers. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, thanks, Pipes Brothers. And every other song from the 90s. We're trying to get it there, but this song also represents, to me, things about the 90s that I didn't like. Okay, so I have written here, and we'll jump into this a little bit later. It hits so many classical 90s tropes. I would say that this is the most 90s song from the 90s. And this should be the song that we play for people when people talk about, oh, the 90s were the best. Like, you know, here's Deep Blue something. Yeah, exactly. Is it is the best. Yeah. No. It's it, great. You and I agree that this should be the song they play for someone from the 90s. Yeah. And say, you should be thankful. That you grew up in the 90s and how great the song is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. That's what we'd say to those people. Okay. So it has that classic sort of acoustic guitar riff going into the song. And when I watch the video on YouTube, it has the captions of the lyrics underneath, but sort of closed captioned as well. So it tells you what music is going on at the same right, time. Right. And it says, upbeat rock music. Oh my gosh. This is 95. Yeah. And it hits number five in mm-hmm. January 96. It's the end of this sort of era too. 
it kind of it might be marking the sort of end of the era of certain things that we define the 90s as yeah but this is more 90s than whatever they told you about the 90s this is the thing we heard all the time yeah yeah absolutely okay here we go first verse so this is a relationship that's falling apart right (laughs) yeah because he said quite literally (laughs) yeah literally so he's not muddying up the waters with flowery lyrics that don't need to be there. He's just straight to the point, to the point, no faking. Okay. All right. Can we talk about these lyrics here? Okay. So yeah. she's saying to him. Yeah. And he, he might be imagining this because you say, or I think she actually does say it to yeah. him. We have nothing in common. He's somehow dating someone where she says, we have nothing in common and we have no common ground to start from. Yeah. Now, of course, this song is all about common ground. And we're falling apart. Like, how are you even together? How are you even together if you have no common ground? Because they had breakfast at Tiffany's. They had that one common thing. Right. I get, yeah, I know. So, wait, Bill, have you ever gotten into a relationship with someone that you had nothing in common with? Like, except like raw physical attraction? Yeah, because that's what this is probably all about. Because uh, Todd Pipes looked as 90s as you could. I okay, think he so, did okay for himself. Okay, all right, wait. I don't know if I've had a relationship where I had nothing in common. Can, how could you have a relationship if you have nothing in common? Is it a relationship? Is there any relation? How sure. could you relate if there's nothing? That five-second pause is a point for me. <laughs> All right. And we're falling apart is kind of funny. When it's like falling apart, what the heck? Well, the, the relationship's world, falling apart. Well, the world has come between when you say, us. When what you say world? we, yeah, yeah. that's the relationship. I got it. And the world has come between us. Our lives have come between us. And so it's like, okay, even though they have nothing in common, the world's coming between us. And then he just says, still, I know you just don't care. I, I'm not sure about that. What's that related to? Still, I know you just don't care about what does she not care about? She doesn't care that they don't have anything in common. You mean she actually wants to make this work? I think so. Oh, okay. Interesting. You'll say we've got nothing in common. No common ground to start from And we're falling apart You'll say The world has come between us Our lives have come between us Still I know you just don't care There's a lot I don't like about this verse. I, It's the vocal. And so there are moments when I hear it, I'm like, oh, I kind of like this part, right? I, I kind of like hearing certain parts of the vocal. But you could hear when I tried to read this. I don't like we're falling apart, and I don't like still I know you just don't care. Yeah, because he drags that out a bit. I blame the producer, because in the original version, I don't think it was as bad yeah. as it okay. feels. Also, the original version wasn't played for me at the boot shop for three <laughs> straight years. Three straight years at the boot shop. That just is a point for its longevity. Just played until I left and went to the Christian bookstore where we had to hear Christian rock. That sounded like this. Yeah, that sounded like this. Exactly. Is that why you don't like this? Oh, man. 2001 Christian rock was just starting to sound like Breakfast at Tiffany's. (laughs) (laughs) Always did a delay there. Oh, it was was so painful. Okay. Well, considering that this song was written in the early 90s. Yeah, it makes sense. A decade behind, right? So. All right, well, we might as well just go to chorus. I don't have a lot to say other than what I just said. So maybe this is why you don't like this song, because it doesn't resonate with you. Because you have always been 
And this is not an indictment on you, Bill. The indictment on you is your hatred of the song for as long as you disliked it. But you have always been the one that breaks up in a relationship. Yeah. You're always the dumper, not the dumpy, correct? Yeah. And I don't say we have nothing in common. I say, I got problems. Yeah. Okay. But this is a man who is just grasping at straws. Right. This is why this resonates with me. This is why this song is so important to me. (laughs) You are looking for every little piece of ground that you can still stand on that holds this thing together, even though it might be wrong. Even though it might be a relationship that makes no sense, that really shouldn't be together, because you love love so much, that's why this song is so important to me. Oh, here, I'm going to give you something here. Are you ready for it? Yes. You can take this. I appreciate your appreciation of the song. That's that a point I st- for me. That's a point for me. I'm taking that as a point. And now I'll finish the sentence that I still don't like. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand why you would appreciate this. Me, okay, well, let's see what goes on. And again, that was not an indictment of you being a terrible, terrible person. Yeah, yeah. Although you can ask all those girls that I dated, they can (laughs) can let you know how terrible I was. Okay. All right, time to head to this chorus. All right, let's move to this chorus. Let's just do this. And I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? She said, I think I remember that film. And as I recall, I think we both kind of liked it. And I said, well, that's the one thing we've got. And I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? She said, I think I remember the film. And as I recall, I think we both kind of liked it. And I said, well, that's the one thing we got. Yeah, so... Again, this is a man who is grasping at straws to hold something together. So he's looking for that one common thread. He needs to get out of this relationship desperately. Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, this is terrible for him. He deserves way better. Yeah, but this guy is basically me. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm like, (laughs) Frank Pearson's a gem. If you shouldn't be grasping at straws, screw that. Frank Pearson doesn't deserve Breakfast at Tiffany's either. He deserves like a great song. It's a good movie, though. Is it? Other than the Asian part. I didn't get past it. I only uh, saw Dragon the Bruce Lee story. So <laughs> I did think, I think I did see Roman Holiday. I really do like Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Oh, I really do like the song. She sings Moon River in Breakfast. Yeah, the- exactly. Oh, that's right? one of the greatest songs yeah. ever. Imagine having a movie with one of the greatest songs ever, Moon River, and then having this like 90s, this atypical 90s middle of the road song. That uses the film's name and that forever this film is linked to this song. But that, again, it was probably a really 90s thing to do. Do you think they had to pay any money to the people who wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's? I don't think so. Truman Capote. Truman Capote, yeah. This chorus is tough for me because it's got the crunchy 90s guitars, which are the worst thing ever for me. But I have a feeling that the way you just like held your breath was like, I love these 90s guitars. No, and I have written here, it has... And I mentioned it, all the classic 90s musical tropes. And this is what the new production brought to it. Because that, that when we heard the other version, it yeah. didn't have this stuff. Yeah. That so, ruins what, well, what is a ruin? Yeah, so it has that 90s sort of guitar pick in the, like that picking or whatever you want to call that. Oh, no, stop, don't, don't do this. We already had to listen to this. There's one. that. 
later on in the song, it has where you kind of close off the guitar strings and just do that kind of like Creep from Radiohead. I, You know what? I have this written down. This is like Creep by Radiohead because Creep by Radiohead is like the worst Radiohead song. There's all these other great songs. And then everyone's like, we want to hear Creep. I imagine Deep Blue Something feels this too. I actually know this because they said, sorry, we get it. No one wants to hear this song. Except, I want to hear this song. Except for Frank Pearson. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Actually, that's not true. Everyone wants to hear this song. Yeah. I'll give it that, that people do like this song. Yeah. People actually like Limp Bizkit too, Frank. Anyways, go on. Yeah, well, some people are right. Some people are wrong. I think there's we two agree? kinds of people in the world. People who like Deep Blue Something, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and people who like Limp Bizkit. Which one are you, Bill? Two kinds of people in the world. It's that moment of, shoot, I didn't want to become a Limp Bizkit fan. <laughs> you rolling, rolling, rolling. I, I could do it, I guess. I get. I mean, maybe Limp Bizkit was better than I realized. Okay, Frank. Frig, I got lots to work through. I guess I am a Fred Durst fan. You're ready to move to the next verse? Look, next verse. Usually I like, like to linger, yeah. cranberry style. Not today. Okay, verse two. So I'm going to give commentary as I read this. Yep. I have written here... I like this. So this is my favorite part of the song. Okay. I see you, the only one who knew me, and now your eyes see through me. I like that line. Yeah. And now I have written to the next line. So I have I like this written to those two. Mm-hmm. Underneath it, it says, I hate this, where he says, I guess I was wrong. Now, it's not that I guess I was wrong is the worst part. But because he drags it on. Yeah. And this okay. is a drag on song. So what now? It's plain to see we're over. And I hate when things are over. When so much is left undone. He sees potential in continuing the relationship. That's what that's about. So much is left undone. Imagine... Uncompleted. If you were to convince Paramore... I didn't want to use the word lover because I know that that bothers you. His best girl. If you're in a relationship where you convince them when they're like ready to walk away and they've said all those things that are so negative... It's going to be the worst relationship ever. No, I get that. I get that. Like, why would you be in a relationship with someone who wants to get out? Why would you try and force that on them and force that on on yourself? Oh, no, you wouldn't because they kind of like one movie. But maybe, maybe, and this is just me talking here, he sees something more. He sees more potential that she just does not see out there in the future. Is, is that, am I incorrect in maybe assuming that? So much that's left undone. Undone, yeah, in his world. But yeah. it's he lives in an imaginary world. She lives in a, an, a different world. No, I think they live in the same world. That's why they're dating. You can't cross dimensions, Bill. All right, you can't all right. have interdimensional dating. This isn't the Marvel universe. I know. I was just going to go there with that. Um, I'm trying to think of like movies you kind of like. Can you talk about some movies you kind of like? Okay, here's one. I kind of like Lethal Weapon 3. I really yeah. like Lethal Weapon 2. Kind of like Lethal Weapon 3. Yeah. 
Okay. Do you kind of like Die Hard 2, but really like Die Hard 1? Yeah. Okay. Do you kind of like, like Punch Drunk Love, but really like Magnolia? I do like Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Okay. So that's not going to be your breakfast at Tiffany's. You need to, I want you to think of a movie you kind of like, but you don't really like. This is great. (laughs) Look at this. On the ropes. No, that's not a movie. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I want. I want you to think of something that's not that good. I want you to think of something that's... This podcast? No, that's not funny. (laughs) I want you to think of something that's not that good, because you know where I'm going with this. Yes. This is a song. So, wait, are you saying that Breakfast at Tiffany's, the movie, is not that good? Because she only kind of likes it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, she only... They both only kind of like it. Well, maybe it's one of those just like, oh, yeah, I remember that film. I think we both kind of liked it. Yeah. But then you think about it more and like, no, you really liked it. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the song though, does it? Well, does we don't it? know what happens at the end of the song. No, but they keep singing this chorus though, don't they? I know, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, that's a word for it. Okay. Oh man, yeah, they go to chorus next. Yeah. And then they go back to verse one because we got to hear verse one again. Yeah. Right? And they do the classic 90s thing again, which is why this is the most 90s song that there is. I'm not disagreeing on that. This is a 90s song. Yeah. So they come into the verse, quiet and acoustic. And then halfway through that verse, they come in with the background vocals and everything is harmonizing. And then they just hammer that chorus again with that... Like that guitar, the, everything comes in heavy and hard with the electric instruments there. Oh my goodness. I don't even know what to say. I'm just trying to block out just the experience of this. Our lives have come between us. Still I know you just don't care. And I said, what about breakfast at Tiffany? She said, I think I remember believe i i live in a in a world where this song exists oh man it's amazing that the recession lasted so long in the 90s but this song wasn't bankrupt at all this song is full of riches oh man why does he bother trying to stay his relationship oh these the chorus repeats itself so often i know it could have ended at one minute and 55 seconds but we keep hearing this chorus and the chorus lasts for how long 17 seconds do you know how i know this Because when I was in the car driving and this song came on the radio, I pulled out my cellular phone device and recorded me singing along to the chorus and sent it to you. You totally did. 17 seconds. I think we might just play that right here. And I said, what about breakfast at the beach? You said, I think I remember the film. And yes, I recall, I think we both kind of liked it. And I said, well, that's one thing we got. What do you think of the musical interlude? Exactly. It's so 90s. Again, it just has this sort of nostalgic feel to me. Right. You haven't said anything about actually objectively liking it other than, yeah, it's so 90s. It has this instead of saying, like we often say in this podcast and get criticized for, it's so, so good, which we often say. No, but it is good. It took you a while to say that. Because you keep talking over top of me. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Tell me why it's so, so much better than... All right, here's a question for you. (laughs) I want you to think of every song we've done, not including a Paul McCartney song and a Starship song. Yeah. 
I want you to think through all those songs and tell me which one is worse than Breakfast at Tiffany's. You can't do this because they're on different levels, different genres. Right. When you say levels, do you mean like vertically? Like it, it's horizontally. Level, horizontally. Yeah. So they're different. It's like asking <laughs> there's like asking someone which one of their children is their favorite. Which one of your children is your favorite, Bill? Oh, Elijah, by far. <laughs> and then uh, and then this one is the Macaulay Culkin. And I'm going to have to drop him over that clip. Oh, oh the good son. <laughs> okay. All right. Classic 90s movie. Listen, I'll say this much for them. They know that everyone who comes to their concert comes to hear this song. Yeah. And they always play it. Yeah. People say, how do you feel about this? And they're not like those bands who refuse to play their top song. Yeah. They get that this pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Here's some things about this song. Can you guess how many streams... It gets in a week. Oh, I'm going to say millions. A million. One million streams a week. This song on Spotify. Yeah. All right. Next question for you. It's a bit of math for you here. So that's 52 million times it's streamed in one year. Yeah. Because it's so safe, which is what I feel about the song. It's like the safest song ever. You can play it everywhere and put it in any playlist, any generic thing. It'll just loop through. But one million... Per week, how much money do you think that translates into for like the publishing rights or whatever? Oh, it's like 42 cents. $4,000. A year. No, a week. Per week. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're making good money. That's not so bad. Yeah. So in one of the interviews I listened to, he talked about how Napster really cut into their profits. Yeah. But then part of me is like, okay, listen, we had to pay $26 for a like full priced album in the 90s. Yeah. You may have paid. I can't believe. $22. I remember. You paid $22 for this album for this song. Yeah. Name me one other song on the album right now. uh, Don't even look at the screen. You look at me. Birds don't lie. Like birds don't lie? Yeah. (laughs) It's not a song. (laughs) I just made it up. Yeah. There it is. You paid $22 for this. Napster kind of killed things, but we were moving back to like a 1950s model where it was singles. Yeah. When iTunes opened up, this like was in like the top 10 right away. Oh, really? Everyone's buying this song. Like exactly. people love this song. Because people love this song. You're a people, aren't you, Bill? I'm a people. Yeah. But am I a people if I don't like this song? But you know what? I've come around to actually liking Deep Blue something. I Like I think I said already, I listened to Byzantium, and it was yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Locust House was really good. Mm-hmm. Everything about the band interests me, but this song does not at all. And this song is like one of the fundamentally worst things about my existence in the 90s. So I'm going to put that out there. Let me put some more things out there, Frank. I don't want to talk anymore about this song's lyrics. There's okay. no analysis to make. Yeah. We've done it. Yeah, because it's so brilliant. Oh, yeah, of course. But we can agree, though, you can kind of resonate with the feel of it. Well, here's the thing, Frank. With the, the re- theme behind yeah, it. The reason I don't like this song is not because it's the worst. Limp Biscuit is the worst. Yeah. The reason I don't like this song is it comes close to something I like, and then it doesn't quite get doesn't there. Doesn't get there. And that is what makes me super angry about yeah. the song. And I can say that I appreciate the the artists and all these things and i have some major conflicts inside over this i want to talk about those right now i have an on my phone here i have right. notes i've been making yeah and here's my first note oh crap the band is a huge phil collins and genesis fan i know right oh my gosh this is so difficult they've shared a stage with them. they shared a stage with them on top of the pops yeah so phil collins released an album called both sides now, if you're a Phil Collins fan, like I am, there's some complicated feelings we feel about both sides. Both sides is, is his divorce record. Mm-hmm. Phil Collins Which is making... divorce? Oh, I know. Phil Collins made some bad decisions. 
And I think one of the bad decisions was releasing both sides where he does all the instruments and all the production and he just comes across as annoying and it's kind of a bummer album for how great but seriously was but then he comes out with dancing to the light oh which is great yeah it's a return to form and that's when he's performing dancing to the light but he's been kind of taken down several pegs Mm -hmm. and deep blue something see him at top of the pops and they can't stop talking to him and he can't understand why they care about his stuff okay and they're talking to him about genesis seconds out live album oh really which is like really particular yeah, yeah. to Genesis fans and to talk about a live album is something. And so they love Phil Collins and talked at length to him. And that's already a thing. I have to be akin with these people. They're Phil yeah. Collins fans. Yeah. So it had me thinking like, all right, I better listen to all their other songs so I can find something else to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like. And then at least that's one thing we got. Yeah. Right, Frank? <laughs> right, Frank? Have you heard their cover of uh, One More Night? They covered One More Night? No. Come on, Frank. That wasn't funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh, man. Okay. So we got that. Would okay. you would you listen to them if they covered One More Night? For sure, because they're not a bad band. This is just a bad song. And when this song hit it big, they didn't think it would because they understood it wasn't one of their best songs. It's not like anything else on their album, Home. Yeah, that's true. We can both, we can both agree on that one. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing we got. That's one thing. Little piece of trivia. Whenever they played this song in the 90s, yeah. a fight would break out in the crowd. Oh, serious? So they couldn't understand why that always happened during breakfast at tiffany's but hey deep blue something i can tell you why this song doesn't bring out the best in people no point to bill you no. just said no you say you're... no you're wrong oh i see i thought it was like a yeah no yeah no no yeah no yeah, yeah no yeah, no, no. Yeah. All right. I got that written down. You watched the video, right? Oh, I hate the video. What do you hate oh, about the video? It's so bad. I felt bad for them. I felt bad they had to go through this. Was that in, like Manhattan? Yeah. Was oh, that Tiffany's? Oh. Like Tiffany's the jeweler. What do you oh. know? Okay. The song's about breakfast at Tiffany's, which so in the video the jeweler oh my God. takes they, is a big part of the movie. They're being served breakfast. Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's not funny. No, but it is because the one guy's riding a horse and it's New York, but he's from Texas. So it makes sense. Oh, this is so bad. So the video is it's them playing in a park in a field, but then they're also interspersed with shots of them traveling through Manhattan to get to Tiffany's where these old butlers are preparing a table for breakfast for them. And at the end, they're having their breakfast at so Tiffany's. Bad. And then when Holly Golightly, the 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 actress... Wait a second. What are you talking... Who's Holly Golightly? Holly Golightly. Is this, oh, this, in, bre- is this the movie Breakfast? In, in the movie Breakfast Her name is Holly Golightly? Yeah. She has what would be considered today as sugar daddies. Oh. So she's in relationships for financial gain. That, it is interesting because in the A-team, you had to pay George Papard money to do things for you but he's is he the sugar daddy in breakfast activities not really no he has a love interest when did you last watch this movie never i watched i read this and i was this on wikipedia so I, got, I got through like 10 minutes but yeah. it was mickey rooney yeah, yeah. if i saw mickey rooney i'd be talking to him about midnight clear not about this movie. Yeah. There's a lot going on with this movie. 
at the end of the video when they're having their breakfast at Tiffany's. That's when the Audrey Hepburn lookalike, the woman that goes by who resembles Holly Golightly, but wearing a white dress instead of a black dress. Because there's that, the movie poster from Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is that iconic look with Audrey Hepburn with the black dress with the cigarette holder and, and all of that. So that actress walks by and that's kind of the end of the video. Wow, you just confirmed how much I hate that video. Just that explanation is the worst thing ever. Oh man, you know what? You you might be a, a, you might be a terrible person, Bill. <laughs> I might be. Oh my goodness! And then there's this classic scene in the video where that crunchy guitar that I can't yes! stand. Yeah, has to jump up to hit. Absolutely, because uh, oh. it's a power chord. Oh my gosh! Oh, stop it! Stop it! Breakfast at Tiffany's blue something DBS. Categories. Categories. All right. Okay. Michael Bolton, Great American Songbook, Volume 9. Yeah. His I, 90s album? Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of him actually doing this as like a ballad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be so good. Yeah, I think so. And, and he just needs to like hang on those notes, but yeah. in a Bolton-esque way. Because it's about a doomed love, right? Yeah. This is what Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. The emotion? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm feeling that. I feel this can't be a Hallmark movie because of well, we IP. Already, yeah, we already have the... Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. It can't be a Hallmark movie that references this connection between the two love interests. That this is what brings them together. They break up. They go to a midnight showing of Breakfast at Tiffany's at some obscure little... Barn. Barn or theater that they're trying to save in the small town before right, right, big right. business takes everything over. And they fall back in love again. Because that's the one thing that they got. That's all you need. Sorry. You don't need one thing. You need two things. You need Breakfast at Tiffany's and you need love. And those are not two mutually exclusive things. Oh, man, I'm trying to find something to add to that. And usually I do have something. Did I get the, the term mutually exclusive correct? Though? I think you did. Okay, You're perfect. saying they cross over. You can have both. Do you have a mixtape? Yes, I do. I'm going to let you go first with yours, though. Thank you. I picked songs I hated from the 90s. <laughs> okay, And they might not even be in the 90s, but they, they're, 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 they're still part of that crapola that I had to listen to. All right. <laughs> I'm really excited about this mixtape. This yeah. is the angriest mixtape yeah, yeah. you've ever made. I got She's So High by Tal Bachman. Oh, this is a terrible song. Yeah. I got Rockabye by that oh, guy. That is uh, by Sean Mullins. That oh, yeah. has to be yeah. my top three worst songs <laughs> of all time. Okay. I got Sex and Candy by Marcy's Playground. I saw them in concert. Oh, why? Because it was the they 90s. They were opening for these guys, <laughs> right? Okay. I have, I just wrote down Better Than Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the song. Is did they do the song? I was like, uh-uh, it is yes. good. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here's another one. The my closer, a song I don't like. Closing time by whoever oh, okay. wrote that Semisonic. song. Semisonic. Oh, yeah. I hate that song. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> this, this these is are the songs. Awesome mixtape. These are the songs that prop up Breakfast at Tiffany's as possibly being something I could like because they exist. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, Sean Mullins. That's. Oh, I hate that song so so much you're welcome yeah my mixtape is songs that reference movies i don't know if you know this but breakfast at tiffany's is a movie that is referenced right right okay in the song breakfast at great tiffany's. okay yeah. so wonderwall by oasis which 
there's a movie from 1968 called Wonderwall, which apparently is terrible. It's unwatchable. Yeah. George Harrison's behind this. Yeah. Yeah. Space Oddity by David Bowie. Was that a movie? Uh, no, but it references Space Odyssey, the 1968 oh, I see. All right. film by Stanley Kubrick. Bad Moon Rising, which is referencing a 1941 song called The Devil and Daniel Webster. Oh, okay. Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah. When Jim Steinman wrote this, it was in reference to Nosferatu from uh, 1922. The original name of the song was called Vampires in Love, and it was supposed to be for a musical that Jim Steinman was writing about Um, Nosferatu. Oh, it makes me so angry, and we have to do that song. Well, absolutely we do. Bad Romance by Lady Gaga references Psycho, Vertigo, and Rear View, all by Alfred Hitchcock. Mm, okay, good. We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel, which references every movie ever made. <laughs> and every part of history, yeah. yeah. And we are going to close it off with the classic Gump by Weird Al Yankovic, which references <laughs> Forrest Gump, of course. Wow, I never knew I'd be thinking about that song positively. But now when you put it next to Breakfast at Tiffany's on the biscuit, it works. So, so, Bill, what part of this song brings you joy? Oh, I I got it. I see you, the only one who knew me, and now your eyes see through me. Because I kind of laugh because I think it sounds like, and now you're icy through me. I've been in relations where someone looks at me and it's like the ice like they're the daggers in the eyes yeah. i'm like wow you really don't like me. yeah i shouldn't have said that but is that, that at the end of relationships or yeah oh yeah yeah that's yeah the signs are all there but i find that really good and it would have been so good had he not then said i guess i was wrong I really don't like that dragging out stuff yeah i do don't you? i there's an argument to be made that this band has so much more. If only the world knew that Deep Blue Something had more. But at the same time, it doesn't matter because they get a million downloads a week for this stupid song. This amazing song, yeah. Yeah. And then they get to make better music, which they've been doing since. And so they can make their money on this stupid song. Uh, sorry, I don't want to sound mean there, Frank. No, I mean, I know okay. this matters can, to you. You just need to work through this song, okay. I think. With, with my therapist. With your therapist or, or whoever you, you speak to who can convince you of the joy that this song brings. Are you talking about yourself right now? I think I might be. You might be. I might be. <laughs> so the part of the song that brings me joy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Frank, what brings you joy here? <laughs> I really like the chorus. I like the chorus in all of its 90s glory. I love it. That guitar pick that... Like, it's everything that's so 90s. And the video is so 90s. Like, the leather pants, the look on those guys, the sweaters that were just one size too big on everyone. Like, everything about that video just screams 90s. And the 90s weren't a particularly joyful time in my life, necessarily. But mid-90s, like... 95, 96, 97, that's when I really found out who kind of I was and when I came out of whatever shell I was in. But you didn't bring this song with you into... Absolutely. In university, I was playing this song. By yourself? Like in the bathroom on the headphones or something? No. For people at at parties. All right. I'm going to put this out there. I don't know if you're going to keep or cut. I was starting to think about other songs that I liked, even though I shouldn't have liked them. I think. This... Of course, wasn't one of them. You know, I didn't like this. This is why we're doing but this you episode. Do now. Yeah, Frank, I totally like this. You really won me over. New Radicals, You Get What You Give yeah. is a song I shouldn't have liked because I don't like that type of song. But there's something about it that was totally endearing. I think it's the lyrics. I liked it. And the way he sings. But I knew that I shouldn't have liked it. 
There's something about that that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And would you agree that it's not like this song? No, because I, I yeah, you're the, right. No, right. because no. I liked this song and I knew that I should like it. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, but at some point we're going to talk about the new radicals in the future. I think so. Yeah. So I kind of think about it. Felt like they came out at the same time, but one like really hit me hard, and the other one like hit me hard in the way like a bat would hit me in the back of the head if I was in the Untouchables sitting around that table. <laughs> When you All said right, bad, sorry. I thought I just pictured, pictured an actual like physical, like a, a, the mammal, the bat flying <laughs> into the back of your head. Okay. All right. Oh, man. Do we have anything more to say about this? I don't know. I think I've made my point. I think that our listeners will agree with me. I think that history will agree with me. I think that eventually, Bill, you will come around to this song. Maybe when you let your guard down a little bit, maybe when you file down those edges, you'll understand that this song was an important and beautiful song from the mid-90s. Well, dear listener, I hope you are, uh, for the 15 people who still remained <laughs> to listen to the end of this, I do want to do what we always do, which is quote the song. And so what now? It's plain to see this is over. And I know we hate when this podcast is over. But you know, Bill, I know we might disagree on this song, but we still have this podcast. And this is something that we do together. And as I recall, I think we both kind of like it. And I think, well, that's one thing we've got. Thank you for listening to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures.